Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast that discusses faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility in the hopes of inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join me as we have a conversation with Pastor Matt Manny. Matt Manny is the pastor at Greater Philadelphia Baptist Church. He's also an author, a podcaster, and a blogger as well as a husband and a father of three. Now, we have Matt joining us because of his message in his newest book, Momentum, The Simple Roadmap to Clarify Your Calling. Because chances are, you are feeling stuck in a rut where what you're doing today doesn't quite match up with what you have in your gut feeling that you feel is your calling, something bigger, something greater towards significance and impact in this world. And We're going to talk about how Matt went through his own journey of discovering and clarifying his why to be a pastor in ministry, but then how does that translate to the rest of us? Maybe we're not called to be a pastor, but we're called to ministry. How do we find our true calling in ministry? Or maybe it's just in our professional life, or to grow a business, or to write a book. What is that calling that is on your heart, and how do you shape the why around that, and then go pursue it? Because the world needs to hear from you. There's somebody out there who needs your message, your story, to inspire them to live their fullest life outside the rut. So, sit back and relax, take some notes, get yourself an ice-cold tea or a hot cocoa or a cup of coffee, as we have a discussion with Pastor Matt Manny about clarifying your purpose, your why and your calling. Here we go. All right. Hey, Brandon, welcome to the studio and the fort because our audience can't see it, but we got a (laughs) fort. We're like two grown men with a fort with blankets. You know, we still don't have the cannons, though. I want cannons. That's true. We're going to need to cannons. What is it? Strengthen our cover? Yeah, because if people are shooting cannons at us, we want protection from blankets. Well, when Congressman Crenshaw comes on, he can help us because he knows a lot about fortitude. Yeah, he does. I got to ask him. So (laughs) I guess he won't be on the show unless I at least ask. Yeah. That's and then he either say yes or no at that point. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. But uh, the reason why we're on today in this episode is that we've got author, pastor, and podcaster Matt Manny on with us, calling in from Philly. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me on the podcast today. Oh, man. We're glad we were able to pull this together and uh, get it on their most soonest uh, recording session from when we interacted on the uh, the Christian Podcasters Association Facebook group. So that Yes. Yeah. yeah. So those of you, if you're a Christian and a podcaster, or you're about to launch a podcast, a uh, quick plug for Eric Nevins and the Christian Podcasters Association on Facebook. Really good, supportive community. That's where we met Matt. Um, mm-hmm. So how's the weather over there? We... We're, we're doing pretty good over here. It's uh, cooling off a little bit. So we actually, just before I got home to record this, we were mowing the lawn oh, at nice. the church. So, <laughs> so, and, so it was nice and cool. And in Corpus Christi, we're having something called a cold front. So instead of 104 <laughs> degrees, it's like 85. Yeah. So. Right, right. I, I walked right. out to the car and I'm like, man, it's kind of cool out here. Put some pants on. I should call Jerry and tell him I'm sick and just hang out at the house. <laughs> yeah, you're actually wearing real <laughs> shoes instead of flip-flops today. It's like cold. <laughs> What's bad is I worked in the yard yesterday when it was not cold. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. So the reason why we asked uh, Matt to come on, um, 
the theme of your show um, is very similar to ours. It's mm-hmm. about uh, getting into that untapped potential, living out mm-hmm. God's purpose for your life, living a mm-hmm. purposeful life. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that description, I was like, hey, you know, it's always cool to have somebody on the show who's thinking the same way, who's encouraging mm-hmm. people in the same way, uh, but has a different voice than ours. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure, uh, sure. So that was the biggest thing that we uh, uh, wanted to, to bring you on to do and, and yeah. talk about. And then you're also a pastor. You are also an author of a book that's coming out called Momentum. Mm-hmm. And um, so tell us about uh, what what inspired you to become a pastor in the first place? That's a that's a big question. Yeah, uh, I know. It's like I, you got to yeah, buy a book. <laughs> that's the million dollar question. I I grew up in a I grew up in a home where we were attending church um, right out of the gate. So we had um, church was just really part of our, our life, and we had gone from di- different churches, different denominations. We were in a, a small church at one point, got into a larger sized church, and growing up. Uh, and I, I, I'll just kind of dive right into it right about age 13. So I, even though I grew up in church, um, my dad is a auto mechanic. So blue collar by trade owned his own business. My mom is a church secretary. She is a secretary. She'll be uh, 67. She's been a secretary all her life. My dad's been a mechanic all his life. So that's wow. kind of gives you an idea from our background. So at age 13, we're heavily involved in church. And, uh, the church we attended at the time, very traditional, very conservative. And, uh, basically to, to cut right to the chase, my dad ran into some financial trouble with his business. So he was a f- fantastic mechanic, but when it came to the financial side of things, just really had a difficult time trying to make ends meet. So ran into some tax problems. And so, um, the IRS came after my, my parents, um, and basically started putting the the screws to them saying you need to you need to make do and my mm-hmm. dad just couldn't couldn't make ends meet so really struggled finally got to the point where uh the uh, district attorney came and said listen we we are looking to make an example of you and so we're going to we're just going to oh, throw wow. the book at you uh, wow so at 13 uh, it was supposed to be a men's a father and son retreat going away. We'd gone to every year, just had uh, gotten into middle school in seventh grade and came home from school on a Friday afternoon. And my dad's not there like I, he was supposed to be. And my mom says, hey, you're going to go to the father and son getaway with Bruce's dad, my oh. buddy from school. And I said, well, that's weird. I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't, I don't really like Bruce anyway, you know, (laughs) right. Yeah. So where's dad? And she said, well, um, and then she started crying and she said, uh, she began to unfold as best as you can to a 13 year old, Mm -hmm. helping them to understand finances and taxes and business taxes. And basically said, your, your dad, uh, got in trouble, did some, wrong things and so now he's been arrested and he's in he's in prison and so god worked in an amazing way in the midst of all that in that uh but unbeknownst to us as kids grow you know going through all this my dad went to the church told the pastor hey this is what's going on and i want to confess this before the church which is really tough anyway (laughs) you know kind of going before a, a board of um deacons and elders and the church we were attending at the time there's about 900 people or so it's almost a thousand people so it's a decent sized church so the uh couple of different men that were in leadership there were were upset about it but the majority of individuals 
said, we want to help you out. So when my dad went to stand before the judge in central Pennsylvania, he had a pretty sizable amount of money that people had given to my parents to help them out. Wow. And people had written to the judge and the district attorney. My dad tried to represent himself and just a lot of things that didn't go right, shouldn't have gone right. And so at the end of the day, the judge said, listen, you're going to go and uh, do three days in, in, uh, in jail. And then we're going to let you out. And um, so my dad comes home and has to give up his business. He was in, name was in the newspaper, upstanding businessman, gets caught for tax fraud. And we had to lost our home, moved in with my grandparents. So in the midst of all that, I've got church on one hand, got confusion on the other. And, and so I'm watching my dad. It's just a mixture of emotions because I don't, I don't ever want to have to know that humiliation, the failure. Mm But I looked at the pastors in my church and I saw these pastors running this big ministry and the love and affection of people. And it was at that point at 13, I thought, I don't want to be like my dad. I want to be like these other men and I want to go into ministry. I didn't realize it at the time that was my motivation. But now looking back, uh, you know, over 20 years ago, I realized, man, that's just there's some some wounds there in those formative years. And so while it's good to go in the ministry, my motivation was mixed. Mm-hmm. And so um, it came back to bite me then later on down the road. But that was the initial thought was I want respect. I wanted people's respect. And the only way to earn people's respect, unlike what happened with my dad, is that I've got to go and be in front of a large crowd, be in front of people and, and be in charge and, and not fail. And that's the message I, I bit onto as a kid. The good thing is in church world too, nobody ever fails, so we don't ever have that problem. <laughs> right, we never right, a poor right. example or anything. Right. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's good to be thirteen and have no knowledge of any of that. I know, yeah. right, yeah. right. Well, and that, and that was the and that was the trouble was it was kind of like, man, this is great. The church helped my family out. We got through, but man, I don't ever want to have to go through this stuff ever again. You know, not having food in the house and mm-hmm. always being in need. And it was like, man, I don't ever want to have to be and having a hard time. I'm going to go in the ministry. Yeah. Make a lot of money. There you go. I'm going to get paid well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there you go. And yeah. and it's important too that, you know, you, you made a, a, a quick comment about there being a couple of guys that weren't really on board and, you know, and had a problem yeah. with it. And that's always going to be true. If your church has yeah. more than three people in it, there's going to be some conflict. Right. right. But yeah. you, you really latched on to the good and yeah. kind of ignored the bad. And it helps when you're 13. Yeah. You're like, I don't really like that. So I'm going to ignore right. it. But right. pick out the good parts because obviously I was joking. We have problems in the church all day, every day, but yeah. Yeah. we can choose to look at the good rather right. than and we i'm not saying ignore the bad but don't focus on that because every yeah. profession has its bad seeds and oh yeah you know, that's just the way it goes yeah yeah so when you uh grew up a little bit more and you decided this is what i want to do how many people especially in those first few years said oh you don't want to be a pastor that's a that's a terrible oh, idea people try to fuck you out of it yeah <laughs> yeah I, actually it's funny it's a that's a great point i had i remember um, being in preaching, comp- I was in a Christian school too that was uh, involved with the church. So preaching competitions, you know, early on, and I had people really close to me. You know, that, that was good, but do you want to do this for the rest of your life? I had a youth pastor that sat me down after church one one Wednesday night. You're, you know, if, if you're not positive, you want to do this. Uh, one of my a mentor, uh, real close to me, did dead level best to do everything they could <laughs> to say, 
you probably shouldn't do this, especially church planting. So it was, um, you know, 50% of church plants don't last after two years. And then those who do last after two years, 50% of those don't have a building by five years in. <laughs> and then after that, you know, many of them aren't self-sustaining. And so I was, I'm going to, I'm going to crush all those men. It's not going to bust through them. I'm going to prove everybody wrong, you know? <laughs> and so uh, here we are, you know, almost 10 years later after starting a church outside of Philadelphia. And um, so we're not a, we're a real small ministry. We've got about 50 people. God has graciously given us a building, but in the process of getting from those days to this day, God just put me through the ringer in of just totally transforming my view of him, my view of ministry, my view of why being a pastor, um, and just totally eradicated all those mixed motivations then to truly get back to the, the people that had helped us out to cling to that and not to the, I need respect, I need self-worth, I need to be the big head honcho <laughs> instead of uh, I need to serve people, you know, and finding my satisfaction there. That's awesome. I, I, I had a great mentor whenever I decided uh, that, to be honest, and I always tell the story when I've been called since I was 13, but yeah. when I decided to be honest about that calling, because I just kept it to myself and didn't tell yeah. anybody so I wouldn't look stupid because I didn't want to do it. Uh, he told me one time, he said, if you can do anything else, go yep. do it. But if you can't and you can't right. sleep at night, you can't get this out of your head. You got to go do this. Yeah. And yeah. Just changed You're everything. You're talking about can from a skill level. You're talking about can like. <laughs> yeah. So if you have any other choice in the world, uh, go, go yeah. run a paper yep. route, go start yeah. a business, go rob a bank, whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do this for any other reason other than you can't not do it. And that's a good and, way yeah. to know the difference between a desire to do something and a calling yeah. to do something because mm-hmm. that calling you cannot shake, you know, whether no, it's to be a pastor of a church or to lead a nonprofit to raise awareness for something or mm-hmm. uh, to become a congressman or to go into a certain field of work. Like there's a calling that just draws mm-hmm. you there for a reason, mm-hmm. for oh, a purpose absolutely. based on your skill sets that you can or will acquire or have already. And, and it's just amazing. I and mean, you just, you'll just know if it's a calling because no matter how hard you try to talk yourself out of it, <laughs> Mm-hmm. By the end of the day, that thought's there. And yep. when you wake up, that thought's there again. And then yeah. in the middle of the day, yeah. when you're having lunch of tacos, oh man, that sounds so good right now. Um, <laughs> it, it pops back into your head. Man, I really want tacos right now. Okay. So anyway, moving on. Let's focus on my calling <laughs> to tacos. Calling. Well, especially like you were saying, you grew up in that environment. So a lot of yeah. those people that were giving you advice knew what now you and I know. Behind yeah. the curtain, being a pastor yeah. is not anything like what you see. Right. You know, we right, don't work right. just Sunday. Sunday's the easiest yeah. day. Anybody can almost <laughs> right. do Sunday. Those, right. those are a piece of cake. It's right. all the other stuff that goes along yeah. with that. And once yeah. you see that, you don't want to tell somebody to go into that half-heartedly. Right. You know, you're, right. you're doing it because it's more fun or easier than being an auto mechanic or whatever yeah. it is. That's yeah. a terrible reason to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think to that point, uh, it's almost. I'm not. I'm not going to say this the best way. I'm going to try to to get it out right. But it's almost the idea of I. I can't see myself doing anything else. It's yeah, not necessarily right. that it's man. I'm living the dream, and and I am. I am. I am <laughs> living a dream that I had as a kid. But it's like, it's almost like it hurts. Yeah. And it, it within that there's just this. If I did anything else, it would be the wrong fit. Mm-hmm. And I have to do this. Right. It's not you know. I, I get to do it, but it's just this deep burning that, um, 
it takes you through a lot of dark nights. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but on the other side is a, is a bright dawn. Absolutely. That's good. What was that pivot point for you too? Cause you mentioned when you first, when you were 13, you, you saw it. It was almost like it was prestige that was driving you. Almost, right. Right. Almost prideful in a sense, but. You've obviously had a pivot point where you said, no, 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 no. It's not about my own prestige or pride. It's about serving yeah. others and it's about yeah. serving others for a higher purpose. Yeah. What was that pivot point for you? I, I think it, it happened actually within the last several years it, and almost it's funny because we, tr- we try to read ourselves into the stories of life, whether it's a movie or a book yeah. or even a Bible story, you know, I'm Joseph getting <laughs> tossed in a pit, you know, or yeah. I'm, you know, whatever the situation might be. And I kind of look at it as, I grew up in a really uh, very affluent church, very large church that I'm looking at now is a very small percentage of churches out there, you know, <laughs> pushing almost a thousand. I went to um, then later in college, went to a church that was running 1100 people. I went to a, a small Bible college, but the church itself had about 3000. So mm-hmm. my, my sights were set on, man, it's like a, like a businessman in the sense, everything is up and to the right. And this is just getting bigger and bigger. And this is, yeah. man, this is where I'm going. And God, you, you gave me these opportunities and running different ministries. And then I went and started a church and I, and I had these, these goals set out for five, 10 years, number goals and financial goals, because that's how I was trained. That's how I was raised. And we came to a point where we finally got into our own location and we got settled in. I thought, okay, we can, you know, not renting anymore. And for church planners out there, man, oh man, once you can uh, have your own piece of property, oh, you can put like, something there and it stays for the whole right. Week. Yeah. No more setting up and tearing down. No more nonsense going on. So I thought, this is it. This is, we're going to like, never stack your chairs gonna again. going to come to the pastor. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then the bottom dropped out. And so that pivotal moment we had within a series of six months, we had three families that left. And just different, different, uh, for different reasons. Um, some of them, one of them was a work situation. Another guy was semi retiring. Another family, they were, they were starting a family, raising kids and so all moving away. And they were strong, strong members of the church. And we, we lost 50, over 50% of our income because of that. Wow. So that, that knocked out my, my personal income that knocked out church's opportunity. So I had to get on the phone and talk call uh, ministry partners and say, hey, we don't have the finances to help you anymore. It impacted so many different logistical things from a pastoral standpoint. Uh, um, For both of you can understand calling up people and saying, we can't put a check in the mail anymore is totally humiliating. And so uh, got to the point where it didn't didn't tell anybody because I was so uh, humiliated and I'm having flashbacks of my dad, (laughs) you know. So I ended up getting a uh, doing gig work uh, driving for Uber Eats. Okay. And so late at night, I'd be driving, you know, in Philly after midnight, <laughs> delivering to idea. all kinds of places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then started working for Amazon. And, uh, we ended up, we, uh, sold our home because we couldn't afford it anymore. So we lost our home in the process and, and just kind of re- regather and regroup. So it's th- through a period of probably 18 months or so where God just, um, allowed me to get to the end of myself and realized, your dream of grandeur that I can work and give you opportunities and call you to something much different than what you ever realized, but you have to trust me. And I didn't, I did Uh not trust God. And so God took away everything that I was leaning on all my preconceived notions and just humbled that to the point, I wouldn't want it for anybody, not anybody (laughs) to go through some of those things. Um, 
but now on the other side, life and ministry is so good. Oh yeah, man, it's like when you get all that nonsense out of the way. It's like I know exactly who I am. I know what God created me to be. I know what He's called me to do, and and it's you struggle sometimes with comparison. Oh yeah, because you hear people and social media doesn't help at all. You know, I hate <laughs> Sunday never. nights. Yeah. I hate Mondays because yeah. everybody's, hey, we had this many in church and yeah. we had this many saved. And I'm thinking, I barely got my family to church, you know? <laughs> yeah. We had 500 baptisms. Uh, we hadn't had 500 people this month, but okay. right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to walk and in. Then, <laughs> right. And, and that's a challenge because, um, it's so easy to think we're all, we all are on the same, uh, level playing field when it comes to the cross and forgiveness from God. But when it comes to God's calling in our life, man, there are so many different shades of it. It's like Skittles, you know, yeah. it's the color of the rainbow. Yeah. And, uh, and having the self, I think, I think what I'm learning now is that when it comes to self discipline and control, it's not just, um, you know, like uh, being careful where you even let your mind go and, and comparing to other people. I think that's the, one of the, one of the big things that God's taught me yeah. is you have to trust me. And you have to focus on what I've called you to do. And that's, and that's, um, where writing has really come in. So instead of putting my energy and focus, it's like the little kid, the far side comic book, uh, you know, cartoon where the little kids pushing on the door and it says pool and over top yes. of it, school for the school for the gifted. Yeah. And exactly. That's, that's, that's the, the first, you know, seven, eight years of my ministry. Oh, it was yeah. like pushing on a door. Yeah. And God says, Hey, you got to pull it open, man. Total side note. Um, I reenact that comic in real life. So many times. Oh yeah. Just to see if anybody picks up on the reference. This and goes wrong. It's like once every yeah. like four or five years somebody understands exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. And yeah. They, they just say it says pull genius or something like that. And you're like, yes, right. the far side. And they're like, yeah. Right. Or, you know. I want to take a quick moment to just tell you about a resource that we have available for you for free. See, we've been having a conversation with Matt about finding your calling in life. And once you start to have that feeling that I do need to pursue something, there is something out there for me, we want you to be able to measure it to make it. And that's the name of our tool, Measure It to Make It. It's a goal-setting tool. It'll help you identify what matters most to you in the areas of your faith, your family, your fitness, your finances, and future possibility. So when you write these things down, you make it plain on tablets in a sense, you're able to look back at that document and say, oh yes, this is what I wanted to pursue. And when you're faced with a big decision to be made that could impact your life in the future, that could impact your dream, you're able to go back to that document and say, wait, these are my guardrails. These are the things I'm going to do to pursue the success I desire, and these are the things I'm not going to do. But if you don't have those guardrails, if you don't have those measurements, you're not going to know where your guardrails are, you're not going to know your progress, and then you're also not going to know when you've arrived or you are arriving to that point of success or if it's time to reevaluate your goals and push them out even further for that future growth that is needed for yourself and for the world. So to get that free resource, go to beyondtherut.com slash goals. You can sign up for it. You don't have to sign up for the email newsletter, but you can if you like. Just don't be disappointed if we don't send out an email every single week or every single month. We're kind of very spotty with that. But you can also just download the free tool 
purely free. We're not going to hound you. We're not going to harass you. Uh, but if you have any questions about that, you can also email us at info at beyondtherut.com and ask us any questions you have related to that tool, measure it to make it. So go ahead, go to that website when you get a chance while you're still listening to this episode, download it at beyondtherut.com slash goals. There you go. Now back to the show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. It's the beauty of God is he, he's going to let you go through things, you know, because yeah. he's got to refine you. And, yeah. and, and I love what you said about I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I've, I've recently, and I'm 50, so I'm a little bit older than you, yeah, but sure. a lot older than you, but I recently kind of turned that around and say, I wished you would just go through it mm. because what's on the other side is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It, it, is terrible to get up early and and do the exercise or be disciplined with yeah, your money yeah. or your relationship yeah. or whatever that that all hurts a little bit but yeah. if you would go through that on the other side you're going to say things like what you said it's like it just yeah. couldn't be better i'm living the yeah. dream because i'm now living where he wanted me but yeah. i was either too stubborn or stupid or just whatever to go there i want yeah. to go here yeah. And God's yeah. like, I didn't need you to be that guy or that yeah. church. I needed you to be this church for yeah. these people. Not yeah. maybe it's thousands eventually. I don't know who right. who knows, right. but there's somebody there that I needed you to speak to. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't go through it, you're not going to be good enough for that person yep. because you're going to yeah. lose three families and think it's over. I need to just quit this, shut the church down. Right. And I'd say I have a right. ton of friends that are church planners and all that. And I've, I've met them over my lifetime. And I always say planning a church is the dumbest thing you can do yeah. because <laughs> there's, there's yeah. no reason in the world for you to plan a church thinking right, right. it's going to be successful because oh. it's just not. But even just taking over one, I mean, oh, yeah, challenges because people be people, mm. people be people, yeah. whatever yeah. happened to my grammar, my English teachers are going to be rolling around right people now. People be people. Yeah. People the, be people. The advantage <laughs> of planning is some of those encrusted people are not there anymore. Yeah. But taking over yeah. a church can be even worse because you're not like yeah. the last guy. And and then you hear the you one get, thing all the time. Why do we do that? Well, we've always done it. That's a terrible right. reason to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm changing yeah. it. Well, then you're a horrible person because you're changing something that <laughs> right, is sacred right. and God ordained yeah. and stuff. It's like, no, it's just a church building. You're That's not it. biblical. I'm out of here. Yeah. And you're like, well, I <laughs> you moved the drum set. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, I mean, your experience is obviously you mentioned writing um, yeah. became a new outlet for you to, w- to get your message out there. Um, yeah. And before I guess I dive into that question, um, I just, I just feel like pointing out like Jesus got his work done through 12 people. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about what is God going to do through the 50 people you have influence on right now? Right. And right. Where's that going to go? We don't know. I mean, yep. you, right. you, you might have an idea on your yeah. heart. You're just going and doing and being obedient. Yeah. Uh, but being able to look back another 20, 30 years from now and, and realize, mm-hmm. wow, God, you had yeah. me influence that person. Yeah. You yeah. became that person. Whoa. Yeah. Um, 
which just like the 18 months, those were terrible until you look mm-hmm. at them from this perspective. And oh, then you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm glad I did that. That was the yeah. best training yeah. session I ever yeah. went through. <laughs> right. Right. I wish it could have been shorter maybe, <laughs> but right. okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So, I mean, but then you mentioned writing and um, mm-hmm. was it uh, Unmask Your Potential? That was the first book or was that? The- um, we, we actually started uh, about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. just dabbling into creating resources, uh, journal, Bible study things. And so I, my first book I created was back in, I think it was probably 2000, the way back when in 2013. It was a little <laughs> book called, uh, Almost. And it was a little gospel book called, Is Being Good Enough for God? And it was a little, little golf ball sitting next to a golf, you know, a, a hole. And the idea that, you know, good enough is only helpful in hand grenades and yeah. horseshoes. <laughs> and, uh, so that was the first one. And that just kind of, I really enjoyed it. And then, um, my first, uh, what I feel like is a le- legitimate book was Unmasked, which is basically, uh, sh- overcoming the shame that says you're not enough. And it's mm-hmm. really, it's just an exegesis for pastors out there, uh, <laughs> of Romans eight and going through Romans eight oh. verse by verse and pulling out these massive principles of when you feel inadequate, when you feel rejection, when you feel insignificant or indecisive or when you feel inferior or insecure and, and pulling those in when Paul says that we are more than conquerors and there's no condemnation, uh, for those who are in Christ Jesus and these powerful, powerful, monumental statements that that uh just change us so yeah nice that's cool what made you think you could write a book i was stupid enough <laughs> to not know any different no i it's funny i um uh, back to some of the things we talked about before the idea of calling so uh we're my wife and i we're the weird type that we so thursday night's date night we've got uh, four kids 10 and under and so we look for any chance to get rid of our kids. <laughs> exactly. And so my, my parents, they live in the area. And so we'll drop them off at my folks house. And, uh, and we, we love our kids. We, we do everything together. Our saying is we can either go fast alone or far together. So we choose to go far together as a family. And, uh, so we drop them off on Thursday nights and then our go to date night. And here, here's a drum roll, please. There you go. We go to a Barnes and Noble. Which I don't know. Have oh I yeah. It on your podcast. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's like a. Well, they don't sponsor like us. A, like, okay, so we're good. They're free to write us a check if they want. To. <laughs> right, right. We just got free advertising. <laughs> Whatever. Go to Barnes and Noble, and we'll we'll uh, we'll grab some books, and and it's weird because every time I walk in, I think, man, I I, I gotta do this. I gotta I gotta write, and then I pick up books off the bookshelf, mm-hmm. and this is and this is pride. But I'm thinking, man, this guy's dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> I could write this stuff, which is not, that's totally, you know, yeah. I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. But I thought, you know what? Um, I want to, I want to share my story. I had a friend who said, I don't think that, you know, I'm not going to write a book until I can, can get something that's not already out there. Well, you're going to be sitting around a long time. You know, <laughs> Solomon says there's no new thing under the sun. So, yeah. Um, Walk into a Barnes and Noble. There's a book about everything. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so to, and to your point, Jerry, you know, I thought, um, there's people in my, in my church who I have interaction with them for a few hours a week and I pray with them and we talk outside of church. But what if I could put something in their hand that they could pick up at two o'clock in the morning when they feel too embarrassed to call me? Yeah. What if I could put something into their hand that it's like a seed in that they'll carry it with them? But then there's going to come a day, a time, a point where I may not be around. Maybe they're traveling somewhere. Maybe they've left the church and gone on somewhere else. 
And at just the right moment, the Holy Spirit's going to work and the circumstances are going to be pressuresome. And they're going to say, man, I need, I need to hear a voice of encouragement. And they pick up a book. Yeah. And so my, my, uh, worldview, my calling is to be a pastor teacher, but most of all, I love to be a nurturer and encourager. And so in my writing, it's very, um, I try to keep it lots of stories, lots of insights from, from, uh, from just processing life and then, and then scripture and connecting, tying the, the, the thread through all those. And so we just started and, uh, and started writing and started putting stuff out there for, uh, for folks and started getting feedback. And, um, and again, it's nothing big. We're not, I'm not quitting my job over it and making a ton of money. It's, that's, that's one of the misnomers. Unless your name is like JK Rowling or Stephen King, exactly. uh, you know, yeah. like you're not, you're not getting the royalty checks in, but right. it's something that again, to what we've been talking about. Um, if you can find something that if you didn't get paid for, or didn't get any applause for or approval for, mm-hmm. and you did it for the work as the reward. Man, that, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with with writing. So that's awesome. That, and that's then, such a great perspective. You know, the books become a great resource too. Somebody hears this episode, they hear your yeah. show, and then they yeah. come across your book on Amazon or on Barnes and Noble yeah. or where other uh, fine book selling establishments are located. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Free advertising for everybody. Here we go. Right, right. Um, you know, they come across that book. They were like, hey, I know Matt Manny. I've, I've yeah. heard him on this show or or vice versa. They had the book and they're like, this book really helped me out. And, and then yeah. they're browsing through their podcast feed and they're like, wait, same Matt Manny? Oh, well, look yeah, at that. Right. And they listen yeah, to that yeah. and all of a sudden it's like... <laughs> They're getting this double dose through multiple yeah. multiple yeah. forms of media, and yeah. it's just you never know how this is going to touch somebody either. I remember with um, my previous podcast, Family Time Q and A, um, mm. and my blog, TheRealJerryDugan.com. I'm plugging these He's things, plugging but, things but that don't exist. Exactly, <laughs> I, I, I've hung up. <laughs> Don't go to Barnes and Noble and look for them. Yeah, it's not neither of them are operational anymore. These are just kind of where I cut my teeth. (laughs) But I remember uh, early in the days of my blog, I was ready to hang that up. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to church and people are calling me the real Jerry Dugan. I'm like, Mm -hmm. how would you know to call (laughs) me that? Like, that was just never know. And it started as a joke because there's another Jerry Dugan out there who's competing with me for internet presence uh but anyway that's so i'm getting ready to hang out my blog and somebody calls me the real jerry Dugan, and then I, i'm still thinking about hanging out my blog and somebody else comes up to me and says hey jerry this article you wrote about like 11 lessons you learned in the first 11 years of your marriage i really loved it i shared it with a friend of mine that i'm mentoring right now he lives mm-hmm. in colorado and he's been really moved by your your article and you just got to keep writing these things and i was like no way and that's I was awesome like, man and then i was like ready to hang up family time q a podcast early on like ah, nobody's listening it's just me having fun time with my family and then somebody came up to me and said hey the interactions you have with your daughter on that show are very inspiring to me yeah. and it makes me want to be a better dad and i'm like no way that i was just goofing off with my children on a podcast because it was right. capturing memories with them yeah. and passing this on Making to them and um but people are out there listening and touching them in ways i didn't even expect and yeah, well, that's why i still have I love about your story matt and the reason we wanted to have you on and i'm hoping uh people are listening to this seeing the same thing is you did for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. take a couple of paths but god was mm-hmm. still able to use it for something yeah. big but be yeah. open to that and and right. that's really what we want our audience to hear is yeah. you need to be open to your original intention may not have been good right but god can still use it for something right 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 and, and that, those that uh that heartbeat the the most recent book that i put out momentum it's all about that 
um, it's clarity, clarity for your calling. And uh, what I think as I've talked to people in my own life, and I think you guys, we've talked about this already. It's not a matter of not knowing what, what we want to do in our life. We know what makes us tick. We know what we're passionate about. I think the challenge is that there's some key obstacles that stand between where we are and where we want to be or where God wants us to be. And it's at this, the first sign of trouble of those obstacles that we go, oh, this, this must not be the thing. You know, yeah. this must, I must be biting off more than I can chew. And all of a sudden we get discouraged yeah. and we get, uh, uh, just distracted. And all of a sudden it's like, phew, we just get blown off and end up doing something else. So it, yeah. Yeah. And that calling could be to start a tire business. It could be to yeah. you know open a daycare or whatever it is. We're, oh, yeah. we're in, yeah. in no way telling you to go become a pastor because right. that's a hard, hard job, but, yeah. uh, or even write books to make money and all that kind of stuff. We're saying just be open to whatever that yeah. calling yes. is. Yeah. And when you get there, it won't look like what you thought it would. It won't exactly. work out like you thought it would. It, it helps if you've got a couple of strong partners that are like, Hey, we keep going no mm-hmm. matter what. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you can persevere through it, but you yeah. need some yeah. encouragement for that. And that's really what we started this yeah. podcast for was to tell some stories of some other people that mm-hmm. overcame some stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're going to overcome stuff. In five years, in 10 years, yeah. tomorrow, maybe, you know, who yeah. knows, but you got to have that foundational stuff. So you will push through it. Don't stop yeah. or get off that path just because, oh, the money didn't work out or some people left me or whatever it was. Keep right. pushing through to that. Right, right. So did I read somewhere that you're a professional disc golfer? No. Uh, I wish that's another. I, m- I might have. Uh, I like might to- either be another Matt Manny, or it might have been a joke. I always I, like I, to I Google sometimes a guest and find out what other stuff they've done. We we oh. had this one guy on, and I said, "So you were a Supreme Court justice in Canada in the 1700s?" And he was like, "What? <laughs> we're, we're talking to a dead guy today." But coming back, right, right, right. One right. of the things I'd googled, and that came up, and I was like, "I have a friend uh, Hans who plays disc golf, and other oh, than yeah. that, I was never very good at it. But I would go with him sometimes. So when I saw that i thought i'm gonna bring that up maybe he's a professional <laughs> yeah, disc golfer. in the most random way possible too that's awesome <laughs> my thing is a professional disc golfer wait do you get paid to do that because i want to i'm going to gig like that like what do right, you do right. do you just have like patches stitched under I your shirt like you're NASCAR, just like, i'm sponsored by adidas or something yeah my traps are huge <laughs> exactly <laughs> i like it so if you do uh marketing for professional uh, disc golfing uh give us a call we'll we'll yeah, wear the tag yeah, neither one of us play whatever. but we'll wear the stuff yeah absolutely right <laughs> oh man i was listening to your most recent episode uh episode 25 of your podcast uh unmask yeah. your potential and you're, you're talking about the book momentum and yeah. oh man i wish i remembered the the exact wording, but I mean, you talked about like kind of these steps to kind of start yeah. building that momentum um, yeah. without giving away all the eggs or all the, the, the tidbits that are in the book momentum. The um, <laughs> we're, we're, it's not about farming. I know okay. it's about momentum and, <laughs> yeah. and potential yeah. Yeah. and realizing that potential and, and fulfilling that God given purpose. Man, yeah. I paid attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, Matt did write a book on farming, but that's not this one. So <laughs> yeah. let's talk about momentum. There's a reason you're not in charge of research. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, but if you no. can uh, just kind of recap, like what are yeah, the sure. phases we go through to start building our momentum? Yeah. yeah. So, so momentum, it's the simple roadmap to clarify your calling. And so the, the roadmap that I take the reader on is there are four obstacles that stand in the way between where we are and where God wants us to be. So the first obstacle is vulnerability. It's that fearfulness of taking the first step of putting ourselves out there and taking risk. 
And in combination with identifying these four obstacles, we actually take the story, the early uh, part of, of a renegade and a activist and a protester and a uh, going up against the uh, governmental authority guy by the name of Elijah. And so oh, yeah. we look at Elijah's life and uh, how he stepped out, talked to Ahab. And what I find is so interesting is if you're going to, um, to do something great and do something phenomenal for God, you look at the the trajectory of his early ministry and it's amazing and it's odd the tension that's developed there so he he goes out and confronts the king vulnerability the next step is the obstacle of obscurity which i think of all the obstacles we'll talk about i i believe is one of the most difficult ones you think after you go confront the king you're going to make t-shirts and wristbands <laughs> and bumper stickers and you're going to have a viral video and do this big, you're going to do a podcast yeah. you know dethrone the king but but instead of going to the streets and causing a riot god takes him to the backside of nowhere and hides him in a place that literally means to be cut off and so he places him in a place of obscurity where I believe most of most people really get discouraged and get mm-hmm. sidetracked from what God's called them because they don't have the followers, they mm-hmm. don't have the promotion, they don't get the pat on the back, whatever it might be. So from from there, and what's interesting about that is uh, obscurity. You'll know when your time of obscurity comes to an end, the tension will begin to rise in that your your resources will begin to run low, and it's time for God to to begin to show himself strong on our behalf. So as we know in Elijah's story, the brook runs dry, the ravens uh, stop, you know, they don't bring food anymore. And God says, okay, it's time to go. And instead of going back to the king, which is, hey, we want to get back to the original deal. God says, I want, I want you to go out of country. I want you to become a refugee and go to Jezebel's you know, you know, backyard, basically. So that third obstacle then is the obstacle of poverty mm-hmm. and how to pivot in that in that sense so he goes to the widow as you know the story and poverty we talk about dealing with financial loss but then we also talk about poverty can be in a relationship or poverty of an opportunity poverty it's just how to deal with loss and grief and so then from there we go to the fourth obstacle and i'll just hey it's christmas around here i'll just give them all away so the fourth obstacle then is the obstacle of adversity and what I find really interesting is that from poverty, we think, man, God's provided now. Everything's good. Elijah says to the woman, hey, we're going to be fine. You're not going to run dry on oil or or flour oh, until yeah. it rains again. And then all of a sudden her son dies. And just when you thought things were going to get get better, they go from good to, to worse. And it's interesting because that's the, the climax of his what I would call his private ministry in that she says, what did I do wrong? And I think that's what we all do at times. When we face these obstacles, we say, God, what did I do wrong? Why are you mad at me? I was, you know, I was trying to do the right thing. I was trying to do a good thing by following you and obeying you. And yet what's interesting, our obedience to God doesn't enable him. And our disobedience to God doesn't always limit him that God can work in spite of those things. And so we look at that, that adversity, Know the rest of the story. Elijah heals the boy, but then what's what's key there is is when he brings the child back to his mother. She says, "Now I know you are who you say you are. You are the man of God." And the 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 take home there for us is when we face our obstacles, when we go through vulnerability, obscurity, poverty, and adversity. On the other end of all that, to your point, um, Brandon, to to go through those things. On the other side, people will say, "Wow." This isn't a put on. 
This isn't pretense. This is, you are the real deal. You've gone through it. This is what God's called you to. And so not only will we see it for ourselves, but those around us will see this is God's calling on our life. Mm-hmm. And, and then the rest of the, you know, the rest of the story. So <laughs> that's, that's a awesome. nutshell. I love that. That, that's really good because like like you said at the very beginning, we kind of go into this thinking this is how it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even yeah. though we have a great example in God's word of that's not how this works out. Yeah, <laughs> at all. Nobody at all. walked onto the stage and there were thousands of people, not even Jesus. He didn't get to right. walk out there and everybody went, oh, we love you. You know, right, it's like right. we didn't get Joel Osteen's church. We didn't get, right. you know, this This is how this works. It's, yeah. it's back roads, it's back alleys and, yeah. you know, and loneliness and poverty yeah. and and. and and we try to avoid that stuff. You know, right. I don't want to be lonely. I don't want to be oh, poverty. Right. But that's where we get our strength. That's yeah. where we get our conditioning from. Because yeah. otherwise, it is pretense. It is yeah. all about ego. Look at me. And I'm going to tell you all these great things. I didn't do any yeah. of them. And yeah. I've not been through anything. But here's what you should do. And, right. and people recognize that really quick. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. me talking about motherhood. It's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> right. I got a question here. Do you, you know, right. my wife and I joke all the time about there are no better parents than people who don't have kids. Right. You know, oh, yes. oh, here's what you should do. Oh, I never thought about that. I should have told him not yeah. to do drugs. Right. I know, why didn't right. I think of that? And it's like, you have to go through it to get that yeah. credibility from the yeah. people, especially if it's people that don't know you, you know, and Jesus yeah. was not real popular in his hometown. Well, guess what? Right. Neither are you because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> they see you as this kid. Yeah. And so yeah. you have to build that credibility up yeah. and that takes time. Yeah. You don't get yeah. to buy it. Yeah. You don't get to immediately assume it. Yeah, you, you don't get to build pass. it up. Yeah. 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 Now, uh, as we wrap up, is there a final word you want to give our listeners, Matt? <sighs> My, my encouragement is that two thoughts. One is things aren't as bad as you think. And I know right now, I don't even want to say the word because exactly people it's have heard it so word. much. <laughs> yeah. Unprecedented new normal. Uh-oh, that's what's like. You went there. You said it, man. <laughs> I, know, I know. We can be. Things, <laughs> aren't, things aren't as bad as you think. And the second uh, to dovetail with that is you're, you're doing better than you know. that I think sometimes we're really hard on ourselves and that's not to puff ourselves up, but I really think if, if we could fast forward and get to the end of our life and we stand before God, stand before Jesus. And, and in in my, my perspective, it's like, I just want, I want your approval. I want to pat on the back. And Jesus says, man, you had it all along and I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy with what you did with your life. And I know you struggled, but there was those moments where you finally began to see your life for how I see it. And you, you're doing much better than what you realize. And I'm proud of you. Yep. Nice. Oh, that's so good. Cause he doesn't see your failures as failures. Right. You know, right. And he doesn't see your successes as successes either sometimes. <laughs> right. right. It's like everybody right. loves me. And Jesus is like, I'm not happy with yeah. you though. But look everybody loves me. Right. Look at my house. Right. Look at my boat. And like, yeah, that, right. I don't care about any of that. It's yeah. something else. So, yeah. Um, now we know we got your website, uh, mattmanny.com. Yeah. Uh, you got your podcast, uh, Unmask Your Potential, uh, the most recent book, Momentum. Uh, one of the books I mentioned earlier uh, by the same name as the podcast, Unmask Your Potential. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any other way that you'd like people to reach out to you or they can connect with you if uh, they want you if if uh if they facebook instagram twitter i'm all all those places matt manny just don't look for the disc golf yeah that's not the guy if you want disc (laughs) golf uh you know tips he'll he'll send you over to that other guy yeah yeah i'll send you the the other man the real matt manny now Uh, so you can find me on all socials uh, mattmanny.com 
And then um, if you go to Amazon and just type in Matt Manny, you'll see lots of resources. We've got uh, books, Bible studies, and journals. Those are resources that I like to put in people's hands. Awesome. And where's your church at if people are in the greater Philly area and they want we to We are. Yep. We are out, just outside of Philadelphia. We're in Media. Pennsylvania. So we're cool. a stone's throw. We can see the city skyline and uh, we are right along the flight path to Philadelphia International Airport. Awesome. So we, can, we can see you flying in. <laughs> so we know you're here. Come see us. Yeah. Nice. Now, if they just want to stop by your house, what's your home address? <laughs> um, it's uh, Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, <laughs> but I give out the church address a lot. It's like, you can come by the church anytime you right, want. Right, I still right. may not open the door, but you never know. You have that person waiting at the front door for <laughs> yep. you to come up. And say, are, you, are you Brandon? Right. Yeah. No. Are you Brandon? No. <laughs> like, where's the pastor? I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't right, seen right. him. Jesse, come over here. <laughs> Well, thanks a lot, Matt, for joining us and just sharing all of these resources. And if you want more information, go to the show notes and we'll have links to everything. And uh, get on Amazon and uh, buy it or go to Barnes & Noble and you could probably just pull it off the shelf and read it for free. I don't know if you can still go to Barnes & Noble right now, but uh, go buy it on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon's perfect. Make make Matt a rich author like the Stephen Kings and Grishams and all those guys. (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks a lot, Matt. We'll let you go and uh, enjoy the rest of your Saturday and wish nothing but the best for you and your church and, and the resources that you've given all of us. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. What we'd like you to do now is go check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 240. There you'll find a link to Matt's website, his book, Momentum, as well as his podcast on a variety of different platforms, as well as some past episodes related to this topic. We're so glad you joined us this week, and the best way you can pay us back is to actually pay us forward. So go to our website, beyondtherut.com slash 240, and share that link with a friend, a family member, a co-worker, or that neighbor across the street. There you go. Now, we're so glad you joined us this week, and we look forward to joining you again next week as we have another conversation about helping you pursue clarity and purpose and just success in the areas of faith, family, fitness, finances, or future possibility. So until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showvian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.